Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. Matthew Staub joining us once again with nice covered facial hair, I, I, I would like to add for the record. Actually, last time you said that, or I think probably the only other time you said that, we recorded and then I just hated it afterwards and immediately <laughs> shaved. It's not going to happen today, but just remember that happened last time because you made that comment and then I don't know if the episodes were even uploaded yet. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. So what are we covering today? It seems like, I mean, this is a, a common issue of ours, crowdfunding, but uh, at least some good news coming from this issue. I mean, usually we're pretty critical of what's going on, but so what happened this week? Well, it's it's good. It's good in one sense, and I don't. it's not necessarily bad. I guess it's kind of bad as well, but I'll, so I'll get to that. But it's really the first of its kind it's, as far as I've seen, and the FTC is stepping in for over one of these crowdfunding projects and I believe this one was done on Kickstarter. It is a board game that combines Monopoly and the science fiction of HP Lovecraft, which I'm, I'm not familiar with that. I don't know if you are. I have no idea what, what you just said. Okay. I heard Monopoly. Yeah. I think everyone knows what Monopoly is, but... So it just, it just seems like a version of Monopoly, which frankly is not that original. I mean, it seems like you can pretty much buy any kind of Monopoly you know, version. And, and I also noticed that, by the way, it doesn't look like they got permission to use the Monopoly trademark or anything. I don't know. I mean, and I'm looking at the game now, the board game, it just looks like a Monopoly board game with different names. Oh, I'll get to that. But let me, let me finish off the, the backstory here. So he puts his project up on Kickstarter and it actually was really, really successful. I think it raised 350% of its goal, a little under $123,000 for this project, which I think it was back in 2012, and that's a pretty serious raise for a Kickstarter project. And let's see, 1,246 backers. So yeah. that's that's not too shabby. So yeah, very successful. But what happened, of course, was no one got the actual game. And <laughs> you said the thing about Monopoly, the trademark infringement, I and mean, that was one of his excuses, saying he ran into legal problems, um, one oh, of, really? Well, Interesting. Yeah, one of which is the company owns the rights to Monopoly and, you know, things like that. But what was found out after the fact was he was actually, I say he, I think it was all one guy who was doing this, even though there might be other people. The backstory does refer to other people that were helping, but they deny any knowledge of what happened. So they may have just been kind of on the on the side of things, maybe some designers there here and there. Yeah. And so it looks like some things might have been used to develop the game. Who knows? But he also <laughs> was found that he was essentially taking the money from the Kickstarter campaign and using it on personal expenses. I think they talked about paying his rent. Did they actually find that that's the case? Because I saw some, I'm seeing some comments that people actually saying that, but I don't know if they proved it yet, did they? But 100,000 is not that much money to create an entire board game. Take away the legal issues for a moment, right? Just 100,000 itself, that can go pretty quick and starting any business, let alone, it looks like the they have pieces that are pretty detailed. And so you have to create the molds and, and get that done and, and mass produce. And then you have to ship. And let's say you have a thousand or so backers. So they paid about a hundred dollars each. And so the, you know, if someone paid you a hundred dollars for a game, you would think that you would have no problem fulfilling that order, but you're starting from scratch. So 
I wouldn't even be surprised if he he tried his best to spend the money. He just failed, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Like you were saying, $100,000 could seem like a lot of money, but when you th- break down all the costs that have to go into producing this from scratch, it's it's going to add up pretty quick. And I, I used to be a professional Monopoly board game maker. So <laughs> with my experience in this, I can definitely attest to 100000 is just not enough. <laughs> So what what's interesting here is the FTC got involved, right? And I think they had some allegations, but at the end they just came to a settlement, right? Came to a settlement amount and you know, people then they're trying to collect on the amount that's owed, but the problem is he doesn't like I said, there's no money there to collect. And I think that's one of that's we've discussed this before. It's one of the underlying problems with these Kickstarter campaigns or not even Kickstarter, but any of these crowdfunding things, people give money. And then, you know, what are your options really if you want to go after the person or the company that put this up if you're not getting the product? It's it's going to be tough because most likely it's going to be an instance like this where there's nothing, at least at the current time, to get back. And, and I think we even mentioned before, right, it's going to take an attorney general, an FTC to actually enforce this because there's no incentive to do so. And we covered this issue in the, before, but... I think the main reason we're covering this is maybe just to brag a little bit because everything we said would happen is, you know, came into fruition is that, okay, the FTC got involved, big deal, because now he has to pay the money back, but he doesn't have any money to pay back. They're not going to put him in jail for it because I don't think, you know, they would have to have proven fraud or something, you know, really egregious like that. And that's hard to prove. All he has to show that he made some good faith effort and then that's it. And now what? The gamers or the backers didn't get their board game, which didn't seem that interesting in the first place. No offense. <laughs> and number two is is uh, they're out their money. Yeah, and the specifics of it on the legal side. So the judgment that was put in placement again, put in place against him has been suspended because, like we we're saying, there's no money to give the refunds to these people. But if the FTC discovers that he has money, he's concealing. The judgment will be unsuspended and I'll owe the entire amount to the Kickstarter backers, which makes sense. But like you were saying, it's a tough break for these backers because they gave the money. But what are you going to do if the money's gone and there's no other funds from this company or this guy to, to collect from? And so we first found this on, of course, Consumerist, a great resource, Consumerist.com. And they mentioned this other company that actually resurrected the game somehow Let's see. The company that later put out the game after Kickstarter funded scheme collapsed and the rights reverted to the people who originally designed it. They sold the copies of the game, which is great, but they also offered free copies to people who backed the original version on on Kickstarter. So actually, it's kind of a nice little positive twist at the end there, just like our legal twist. Yeah. Selling for 75 bucks. So yeah. You know what would be funny is if the company that created this then sued this other company for infringing. (laughs) For stealing. Yeah, for just, you know, and then they won, and then they had the money, and then they could pay the backers. Exactly, because in the Consumerist article, it says the company that later put out the game after Kickstarter-funded scheme collapsed, and the rights reverted to the people who originally designed it. That's interesting. How did that happen? You know, when when something fails, does is it automatic? Not necessarily, right? So that is an interesting prospect for sure. Because that was the release date of the the resurrected version of the game was in April of 2014. So it's been over a year since that was out. So maybe that then failed at that point. And I'm not really sure. If someone wants to order the game, they can, I guess, look it up online and see if they see if it's still available. 
part of his settlement was that the terms of the settlement was he was prohibited from conducting any more misleading crowdfunding campaigns or employing anyone to run a misleading crowdfunding campaign in the future. So not even he's banned from using Kickstarter. He just can't lead misleading crowdfunding campaigns. I know that's such a joke, right? I mean, at the least Kickstarter should, and maybe they have, I mean, I'm not saying they, I don't know if they have or not, but at least they should ban them unilaterally. I mean, that has to be a little frustrating. And I'm looking here, you know, regarding the whole Monopoly, getting the rights to that. Obviously, there's so many Monopoly versions. How hard could it be to get the the rights to it? And it looks like from the FTC's perspective, they say that that was not an issue as far as getting the rights. It was was an issue, like you said, I mean, it was an issue of that the project creator actually had used the funds for things other than printing up board games and casting figurines and all that. And so... The, this legal issue seems to be just a red herring or a, a distraction to all this. Because, I mean, you don't need to be a lawyer. You can, you know, the Hasbro has pretty much licensed every single stupid little Monopoly version. I remember even growing up, my older brother and sister's alma mater, uh, Miami University, had a Monopoly version. So that's been happening for a while. Yeah, I think a lot of schools have that. Yeah. It's not a terrible excuse. It's not a terrible excuse, but I, yeah. But it's like, man, you have a hundred grand. There's like a lot of things that he should have got close, right? He should have got close with that with that kind of money. He should have got close to to producing. Yeah, I would think so. I'd be interested to see how far he actually. Well, if he didn't spend any on the game itself, then he didn't get very far at all. <laughs> Unless he paid himself a salary for a hundred k a year, then that that money would probably only last a year. And doing my math right. Yeah, and you know, it's looks like it was only a monetary settlement, so he doesn't have to worry about having one of those get out of jail free cards in his back pocket. Ooh. That was a good one. It wasn't funny, but it was it was just like so clever. Yeah. I wish I said it. I just thought of that too. It wasn't even wasn't even planned. I know. Hopefully he'll get free parking too. <laughs> well, do you think McDonald's has to pay McDonald's probably has the biggest monopoly-based thing of any. Oh yeah, on the I, they haven't done that in a while, but they definitely pay. You know, they pay for that license, and I don't know what their deal is. That I assume, I assume when Monopoly would get some kind of royalty deal with these with products that are being sold. I mean, why wouldn't they do some deal like that? That would that would make sense. I don't, I don't think they would do a flat fee. So yeah. Anyway, I'm sure the uh, Parks Brothers are doing pretty well now. Parks Brothers, Hasbro. And didn't they create it? <laughs> I don't know. Hasbro probably owns it now, but I think they do. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you if you got to this point, please collect your uh, two hundred dollars. <laughs> now you're just trying to come up with one better than what mine was. And uh, don't forget to uh, leave a good review at our properties on Park Place Avenue and Balboa Park or <laughs> something. Balboa is in San Diego. Park Place is the first one that came to mind for me too. That must be the uh, the go to that that's in everyone's yeah. That's, that's the go to. All right, keep us sound, keep us smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. 
you should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.